Here's another Dave and Darren Top 5 Things. It's a podcast, a review, a look back, a chronicle of just some of what we got done on our morning show. That's something that you can hear at Planet 93.9. If not somewhere where you can hear the radio station on an FM radio, there's an app. Go ahead and download that. Put that on your phone. My name is Dave. This is my partner, Darren. And our podcast is brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois, Tech Drive in Milan, also a location in Galesburg at West Main Street. Milan is open each and every day. Galesburg is open weekdays and Saturdays. The Milan store offers both medicinal and recreational. Galesburg is recreational only. Sign up for the newsletter and connect with Nature's Treatment on Twitter and also Instagram. Here we go. Buckle up and get ready for number one. Number one. 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 Number one. A couple of developments in my life that I want to share with you here uh, early on in the morning. Now know uh, this. I feel this is a safe place. We're all friends. You don't have to. No, but I, I like to share. See, this is, this is I think, why our partnership works. I like to share, and, and sometimes too much. You, you don't give us anything. No. You. No. You keep your cards so close to your, your vest, we don't know what's going on with you. Whereas me, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. No, I'm in the shadows. Uh, one thing that I wanted to share with you and, and with everyone is, uh, at some point today, after I get done with all that I need to get done here at Planet 93.9, yes, I'm going to the hardware store and to purchase some wasp spray. Uh-oh. I got hornets on the second level of my house, and it's I can't get to it because my ladder's not big enough. I've got some spray you can use. Well, you, you're trying to get me to use pepper spray. I'm going to get the... The wasp spray. Now, I guess I didn't realize that they make it in some configuration where it shoots like 20-some feet up in the air. So I'm very excited about that. Letting these hornets know is the, they're are, not welcome. Is it 20 feet in the air that you need to shoot it? Well, I mean, it's up on the second level above my garage, uh-huh. which I can't get to. I know exactly where they're at. When are you going to do this? This afternoon. Can I watch? Sure, come on over. It should be fun. From a safe distance. Well, yeah. Exactly. For a couple different reasons. Because I've got the flying insect stuff, but you got to get real close to them. And I can't get as close to them because I've managed to nuke all of the hornets on the first level of my home, the exterior of the first level. But now they're up on the second level where I can't get to them. But this, the, the bottle says it shoots up to 27 feet. I hope that's right. I hope it doesn't cascade down on you. Well, I'll let you know. If I'm not here tomorrow, you'll know what happens. Forms a creative net yeah, over you. I don't, need, I don't need that. Oh, he's down. He is down. I don't need that. Will the family be there, or will they be inside? Or Oh, I imagine I'll keep them indoors for that. Or That's... maybe just go take a, go for a ride. <laughs> you don't need to see this. The other development I wanted to share with you is, is uh, on a more personal note. That's pretty personal. The other day, uh, we had lunch from Granite City. We did takeout from Granite City. The Betta Cheddar Burger is one of my favorite things in the world mm-hmm. to eat, and they have it there at Granite City. You ever had the Betta Cheddar Burger? No. What is that? It's it's essentially a a bacon cheeseburger with like a sharp shredded ch- uh, cheese, sharp uh, sharp cheddar. See, I would shredded. Think that you would find that distracting no. that your cheese is shredded. No, it's great. And then they also have like a barbecue sauce. So it's like a barbecue bacon burger. It's fantastic. And I haven't had one 
in a long time because of everything that's going on. So we got takeout from, from Granite City. Now, here's the thing. I get the better cheddar burger, and then I get the fries, and the fries, for a nominal fee, they'll throw in what they call the Granite City Dip. The Granite City Dip is something you dip the fries in, and it is otherworldly delicious. So I'm sitting there, and I, my, my wife got to pick up uh, the takeout there, and I'm eating the fries, and they got the dip, and the dip comes in a little cup, and, I'm, and, and you know that feeling when you're eating something that you haven't had in so long, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, I can't believe how delicious this is. And I'm just going crazy for it. Then all of a sudden you realize. Then I think to myself, well, actually, my wife asked me, because I wouldn't have even thought of it. She uh-huh. goes, what do, you, what do you suppose is in that dip? That oh, you I know it's so in that much? dip. I know <laughs> it's in it. You, you see where this is going? Oh, yeah, I know where because it's going. Because I regret looking this up. Yeah. Because now I have information I wish I didn't have. It's a mayonnaise-based There is. Ma- it's, it's, this is the dip. The dip is sour cream and mayonnaise. Yes. One cup sour cream, half a cup of mayonnaise, half a cup of onion powder, half a teaspoon of garlic. And again, you realize that mayonnaise is just an egg and oil. Yeah, but I've never been able Whipped. to get... Whipped. That's all it is. I'm telling you, if it was one cup mayonnaise and a half a cup of sour cream, I wouldn't like this. There's curry, there's paprika, and there's a little uh, Worcestershire sauce in there as well. Uh-huh, sure. It's fantastic stuff. There you go. But I'm looking this... I mean, as I'm looking it up online, I think, oh, gosh, I haven't felt this way since they started digging around into my, you know... My biological parents. Like, what if I find out John Wayne Gacy is somehow my father? What do I do here? What if it's I Charles Manson? Right! I'm thinking, I sh- well, I knew it wouldn't be Manson. He would have been locked up by the time I came around. But my point was, like, I shouldn't be digging around in this information because I could get information I don't want. It was the same feeling in my gut, like, what if I find out there's something in this t- that, kinda, that I you, absolutely you knew. love? You kind of knew. I'd never given it any thought. Until my wife says, what do you think's in there? I'm like, I, I don't know. And then I'm I, I'm consumed by it. I think I'm not going to look. I, look. That's what I don't did. Don't look. That's what I did. I I'm going to look. I Don't look. I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to. I'll take one peek. I'll just look real quick just to put my mind at ease about what's in that first ingredient. And first ingredient. No, sour cream's the first ingredient. Okay. Again, it's one cup of sour cream and a half a cup of mayonnaise. And then a... Quarter teaspoon of onion powder, quarter teaspoon of garlic powder, quarter teaspoon curry, quarter teaspoon or eighth of a teaspoon of paprika, and a quarter teaspoon of Worcestershire sauce. So are you saying you're okay with it? Oh, I'm all about it. I think it's fantastic. So you would Maybe have it I again. Need, oh, I will always have the Granite City dip. Okay, well, there the you go. The fact that I know that there's mayonnaise as an ingredient is like a gateway for you. It just opens up. Now you're going to be hooked on mayonnaise. It opens up some possibilities. Sure, all you have to do is dress up mayonnaise. So if it's mayonnaise as an ingredient. Yes. But not the only thing. I can't just put mayonnaise on a sandwich. But if the mayonnaise is cut with something else. And then you could put it on a sandwich. Could you put that? Could you put that on a sandwich? I still have half a have a cup of it left over. Put it on a sandwich. I think I'm gonna. Yeah. Make yourself a sandwich. Put that on there. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. And it's gonna take you to some heights you've never been to. It's funny you mentioned heights. Story this morning of airline pilots at LAX airport. American Airlines pilot reports seeing a mystery person 
in a jetpack flying high above L.A. yesterday. Nice. Right in the path of incoming jets at LAX. I guess this was Sunday night that this happened. I wonder if you get this sort of thing from the jetpack flyer. Just the kind of... Just the the nod. Just a little tip Mm -hmm. of the... (laughs) The only the lonely hello, welcome to the bar nod. Uh American Airlines pilot reports seeing a mystery person in a jetpack flying high above LA right in the path of incoming jets at LAX. Was he looking to get hit? That's one way to take yourself out. It's worth pointing out that when an airline pilot says this is what he saw, uh-huh. that's what they, they're very good about being detailed with things they see in the Otherwise, air. we don't bring it up. Right. Right. This isn't a simile. This isn't like uh, yesterday's guy who thought the shark had a cigar in his mouth. When this guy says to the radio tower that I see a guy in a jetpack. It's not a kid on a playground. Approaching LAX at 3,000 feet and 10 miles out for a landing. Uh, this is obviously very credible. The the, Was the, he... the the transmissions to the tower are something else when he's like, yeah, we just passed a guy in a jetpack. Was he vertical or horizontal? What do you mean? Was he like this, or was he like this? <laughs> like he's Superman? I guess that's not how jetpacks work. I know, but I thought maybe in 2020 they do. I don't think you can be like that. I think jetpacks are still like that. That used to be how every Super Bowl would start, I right? Know. Some some but guy in a jetpack. It's a bit. They've been around, <laughs> but you're telling me that you can't go this no. way. No, no, he's not the Rocketeer. That's 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 fiction. Yeah, <laughs> it's not how it really it's, works. Someone should be able to make that. You can just fly around like you're Superman. No, that's we'll have both options. Where it's like you're flying this way. You're flying. Uh, you're flying early Super Bowl style yeah, for a while. Yeah, and then it's all of a sudden I gotta be somewhere. Well, but you have to. You would have to. That would do a number on your back. I mean, you, that would have, have to be you lifting no, I'm yourself. Not say, in such I'm a not way. saying it might not be for a younger person. Mm, yeah, no, this is not <laughs> not for us. Here's uh, Fox 11 there in uh, L.A. with the story. You got to hear the, the 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 pilot talking to the tower because that's, that's my favorite. Oh, uh, this guy in a jetpack. Separate flight crews report what quote appeared to be a man in a jetpack. As they prepared to land at LAX, the pilot sounded quite certain, as you can hear for yourself. That's our American 1997. We just passed a guy in a jetpack. American 1997, okay. Thank you. Were they up to your left side or right side? Off the left side, uh, maybe uh, 300 yards or so, about our altitude. Okay, American 1997. You got to shoot that guy down. Yeah, what do you want me to do about it? That's Thanks for telling me, but... I would make a lousy air traffic controller. Oh. Because <laughs> if you said, for a, for a hundred different reasons, but if I had a pilot saying there's a guy in a jetpack, my response wouldn't be the professional, okay, where's it at? My response would be, all right, whatever. No. Come no, on. No, you would be constantly, you, you would be doing the air tower voice. Roger. <laughs> 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 You'd never stop. Yeah. Maybe that's something I could do. Maybe I could be an air traffic controller. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, they, I mean, you that's make you true. make you make a mistake here. Yeah, mm. 
no one really gets hurt. Yeah, no, I push the wrong button. And, yeah, and, and so you fire the wrong commercial. And yeah, right. You just make it up. Yeah, we missed the last 30 seconds of a song by The Cure. Uh-huh. That's the worst thing I can do right now. I don't know. Guy in a jetpack. We we don't have any answers as to who this guy was or what he was doing, but it's not enough with the drones. Now pilots have to worry about maniacs. If we were to become air traffic controllers. Oh, now you're doing this with me? Is it Dave and Darren in the tower? I didn't invite you to my my dream job. What Listen, are you doing? If we're doing it, uh-huh. if we're landing, you know planes, I'm capable of doing things without you. If we're, la- why are you why are you coming along? Do, do, hey, I'm you wanna, I'm Dave and he's Darren and we're going to be bringing <laughs> these birds in this morning. Do you want to actually get the thing on the ground? This would have been something we would have needed to have done years ago for us to try to start doing it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for us to come in. As rookies? Oh, I don't know. Mm. I imagine that... Mm. You think? Explosion. Big, <laughs> big explosion. You go to school for that? Where, how, do you, how do you get that job? Oh, yeah, there's training. But, like, do you have to have a degree before you go to the training? Well, how do you become an air traffic controller? I'm not saying... I, I'm not opposed to this. That could be an interesting second act for me. It's a high-pressure job. Well, but so is this to a degree. <laughs> I mean, you you remember the guy. There was a guy that worked at the uh, country radio station when we were on Brady Street. And and he would tell me, uh-huh. David, when we are in these oh, chairs, yeah. we, our job is no different than what those gentlemen are doing at the airport. And it is certainly no, no different than what they're doing at the control boards at Cordova at the nuclear power plant. Oh, I, it is the I, same job, David. And that is why I must have a more comfortable chair. And I'm like, I'm the night guy at the alternative I'm in, station. I'm not in charge of getting you a chair. Why are you telling me this? David, the chair in that Bob studio is so rough that when I went to the bathroom and I wiped David, oh, no. there was bleeding. Do you remember that? Yes. He's telling me all about his rectum bleeding. Uh-huh. I'm like... I can't get you yeah, a chair. That might be something. I talk to someone that, who's in charge here. That might David, we are no different than the people at the nuclear power plant, and we are no different than air traffic controllers. When we're at that board, comfort is paramount. We must be in charge of the board. Did I not bring my own chair? You did. Here you've got your own chair. Yes. Air traffic collegiate training. So this is something you do have to go to college for. Sure. You go to, uh, okay, the FAA Academy takes two to five months to complete. What? Depending on your experience, and then it takes another two to four years of on-the-job training to become fully certified. Do they prefer pilots? I don't think any of those guys are pilots. That some of them are. Air traffic controllers can become fully certified in as little as five years or as many as eight. Five, I thought you said five months. Well, it says five months for the training for the FAA Academy, Federal Aviation Academy. The training is two to five months. Then you get a gig and you get two to four years of on-the-job training. You can get certified in five years or it can be as many as, as eight. Or 18. You know what the salary is on a, uh, the average salary of an air traffic controller? Is it six figures? 123 grand. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important job. And I bet like if a plane crashes, they just kind of give you a desk job then, right? Like, Well, I think you have a desk there already. What? I don't even have a desk here. No, you get a desk. You get a desk. You're at your desk when you're bringing the planes in. 
you are you're eligible to retire at 50 if you have 20 years of service. Oh, you got to work 20 years. Well, you've well, already worked 20 years. Yeah, but not as an air traffic controller. <laughs> well, see, let's see if we can. Air traffic controllers work a strict eight-hour shift limit. During these eight hours, they can work on station anywhere from 30 to 30 minutes or so. But they can't do more than uh, two hours. What do they say about lunch? Yeah, how do you get a lunch? You get, uh, what do you get? What's ava- you Okay. What's available? You can't do it. Oh, I can't do it either. You have to start your job as an air traffic controller before the age of 31. Mm. Son of a gun. And you have to resign at the age of 56. Oh, I, I could just... They force you well, to retire at 56. So you're saying that I could be done here in just a few months? That would... All right, that's what you want to do. Young people, go to school for air traffic control. Get yourself certified. You start at 31 and you have to retire at 56? Legally, meanwhile, you're putting 120 grand in the in the bank. Oh, I have so many regrets now. A lot of mishaps took place though during my tenure. <laughs> there was some mischief. I don't know. I mean, day one, I showed up with that Canary Islands T-shirt. <laughs> Maybe that was a bad idea. <laughs> Just. That was a bad omen. Yeah, I uh, uh, eh. saw things. <laughs> maybe, maybe coming into to school that first day with a Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 T-shirt wasn't the best uh, idea. Oh boy! <laughs> Tempting fate. <laughs> two, two, two. This is just bizarre. Thick lock of Abraham Lincoln's hair removed during his postmortem examination. Measuring two inches long. Presented to Dr. Lyman Beecher Todd, who was a cousin of Mary Todd Lincoln, is going up for auction. Uh, the bidding will end on Friday, September 11th. What the hair is mounted to an official War Department manuscript telegram sent to Dr. Todd by George H. Kinnear, his assistant in the post office in Lexington, Kentucky. Received in Washington at 11 p.m. on April 14, 1865. A typed caption prepared by Dr. Todd's son reads in part, quote, The above telegram arrived in Washington a few minutes after Abraham Lincoln was shot. Next day at the postmortem, when a lock of hair clipped from near the president's left temple was given to Dr. Todd, finding no other paper in his pocket, he wrapped the lock stained with blood or brain fluid in this telegram and hastily wrote on pencil, Hair of A. Lincoln. I'm going to take a little something to remember him by. Is that what the idea is? Or, it'd be nice to have some of his uh, hair, Lincoln's hair. Or, you never know. And some knows, of his brain fluid. Who knows what sort of scientific breakthroughs will happen in the next, oh, I don't know, <laughs> 500 years. I wonder if there are any cultures that basically cut off all your hair. Well, they used to do, like, death masks, right? Uh Uh-huh. When you died, they'd put wax on your face so everyone could get a look at what you looked like when you died. Or I don't quite understand what that's about. Yeah. The telegram, it says here, is impressively matted and framed alongside with a letter from Dr. Todd's son and images of President Lincoln. The letter from James A. Todd dated February 12th 
1945 says, My father, Dr. Lyman Beecher Todd, was a cousin of Mary Todd Lincoln. He became intimately acquainted with Abraham Lincoln during the years preceding the Civil War when the Lincolns visited Lexington. When Lincoln became president in 1861, he appointed my father postmaster at Lexington, which position he occupied until 1869. Dudes. I'm, I'm adding the dudes. At the time of President Lincoln's assassination, my father was in Washington visiting his kinsman, Colonel Thomas M. Vincent, who was on the staff of the adjutant general. Shortly after the shooting at Ford's Theater, Secretary Stanton ordered Colonel Vincent to take charge of the Peterson residence where Mr. Lincoln had been taken. My father went with Colonel Vincent to the president's bedside, and they remained there until his death the next morning. Except for a short interval when Colonel Vincent and my father obtained a carriage and went for Reverend Dr. Gurley. Dr. Todd, following the president's death, accompanied his body to the White House, was present at the post-mortem examination that afternoon, attended the funeral in the East Room of the Executive Mansion, and also the interment ceremonies in Springfield, Illinois. The lock of Abraham Lincoln's hair, which I have presented to you for your collection of Lincolnania, was cut from his head and given to my father during the performance of the post-mortem and has remained entirely in the custody of our family since that time. It's such a weird thing, and, and they think maybe that the blood or whatever is on this paper that was wrapped up in is part of... You know, Abraham Lincoln's, you got his brain juices on the uh, piece of paper. Well, why isn't this going to a museum? Yeah, it doesn't seem like the sort of thing that anyone, and anyone should th- have. This is the only hair that was cut off his head? The whole thing is weird. And how much do they think it's going to go for? Well, they don't, they don't know. It doesn't say what they're expecting. Yeah, why is this not making its way to Springfield or something? Well, I don't think they have any money for... Anything more Lincoln. They got all the Lincoln stuff they need, right? Boss Hog. <laughs> I don't think they need to I don't think they need to worry about that. They stole his body, remember? They stole Abraham Lincoln's body. A counterfeiter had a plan to steal a Lincoln's body. And he was gonna sell it. This guy was a, a big counterfeiter in Chicago Big Jim Keneally and the idea was we're going to steal Lincoln's body and then hold it for ransom so we can get a pardon for the guy who's my engraver who does all my really good uh, counterfeit work (laughs) this guy was doing a 10 year sentence at the Illinois State Penitentiary and this counterfeiter was like listen I want my guy out of prison and I also want $200,000. $200,000. So, I mean, they, they didn't quite get away with it. No. But there was a plot to steal his body. They stole Elvis's body, didn't they? Wasn't Elvis's body gone for a while? Didn't they, didn't they take his, his I mean, remains Elvis, somewhere? Elvis is everywhere. That's what they say. Am I way off on that? Didn't they? Elvis isn't buried where he was originally buried. There was a plot to steal. I guess they didn't get away with that one either, but there was a plot to steal Elvis's body. And 
some people think that Vernon was behind the thing. Oh, that Elvis's dad, Vernon, Elvis's dad, was behind the plot so that they could get Elvis buried at Graceland with his uh, with his mama. <laughs> but that's I don't, I don't understand that the well, he's, President Lincoln's there. Be nice to have a little something to remember him by. Be great if we could shave his head. <laughs> What? <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> no. You know, just a little, I just think it's a smart look. Little, listen, that hair's going to be worth money someday. And uh, I'd like to... You know, we're going to put a man on the moon someday, and I'd like to have uh, I'd like to have his hair. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm very forward... a, a very for- man on the moon. I'm a very forward-thinking person. Man on the moon? Are you out of your mind? Just saying. <laughs> That's not going to happen for another 104 years. But, you know, this hair is going to be worth some moolah. Uh-huh. I wonder how much they think it'll go for. It's a, the, the bloodied telegram. So it's it's his hair and a telegram that's covered in blood. I mean, who else's blood could it be? It's two inches thick. I'm looking at a picture of it. It's mm. gone gray, which, uh, which you know, that'll happen to your hair when it's tell me about it. Clipped off your dead body more than 150 years ago. They they expect here. I'm being told they expect that this uh, lock of Lincoln's hair will go for as much as seventy five thousand dollars. Is that all? I mean, are you are you paying for the hair or the brain fluid on the paper and where do you put this up in your bar i'm gonna clone me a lincoln minimum bid was ten thousand dollars there are eight bids as of yesterday morning it was over 17 grand they think that the bid will be for seventy five thousand dollars or more they're calling it a one-of-a-kind piece of history this is just that's just strange hello I want you to meet my friend, Gabe Lincoln. Collecting locks of hair was common after someone passed away, I guess. Yeah. It's such a piece of history. And they were all, you know, in shock. You can also bid, by the way, on this auction, uh, there are four different examples of Napoleon's hair that are up for bid. If you'd rather have that. Not worth as much because there's four of them, right? Uh, And also... Lincoln's way cooler than Napoleon, I would think. Although, did Lincoln ever have a dessert named after him? No, neither has Napoleon. What did Napoleon have named after him? Are you thinking of Neapolitan ice cream? No, no. <laughs> You're saying there's a, a dessert named after Napoleon? Isn't there? Not that I'm aware of. What a weird question that is. Yeah, Napoleon did, dessert. Did, did he it, ever have a dessert named after him? Yeah, Napoleon. What is that? It's like a pastry of some sort. Oh, okay. I, I guess I never heard of that. I'll have the peach Lincoln. <laughs> uh, thank you. Well, it's a shame. Lincoln deserves a dessert, too. If- well, I mean, he had other things named after him. Monuments, cars. What would you rather have, a dessert or a car named after you? Mm, that's a good question. The, you would think the dessert... Now would... you're asking the real questions. 
because you would think that the dessert would last longer mm-hmm. once you have the recipe, and as long as you don't leave it out in the rain. Lincoln loved to eat dessert. It was his favorite part of the meal. How is there not a dessert named after Honest Abe? Lincoln liked to cook and had something of a sweet tooth. Hmm. Well, fix this. Napoleon gets his own dessert. Yeah. The Lincolns would polish off a gallon of sugar syrup every 10 to 12 days. What? Oh, okay. Well, they were... And they would also go through 11 pounds of sugar every fortnight. That's... Boy. Jeez. Are we sure he didn't die from diabetes? No. Yeah, it probably was the bullet in the head. Stories of his wife Mary supplying him with a steady stream of baked goods. As president, Lincoln would stroll from the White House to a local bakery to pick up a certain pecan pie he enjoyed. Well, he probably ate Napoleons. I could see that. So he would just leave the White House and walk to a bakery. You know what I feel like doing? Strutting. (laughs) Lincoln loved corn dodgers. You ever had a corn dodger? I don't think so. Corn dodgers, think of them, it says here, as hush puppies that are boiled instead of fried. Hush puppies, Daddy. We ain't got time for that, Abe Lincoln. (laughs) Put the evidence of your assassination in the car. Abe Lincoln, the first thing I'm going to do when I get home is, is punch, punch Mary Todd in the face. I'm going to punch Mary Todd Lincoln in the mouth. <laughs> Lincoln grew up in Indiana, and corn dodgers were made with corn grown on the family farm. Why isn't there an Indiana mm. minor league baseball team called the Corn Dodgers? That's, fan- that's fantastic. Darn right it's fantastic. Lincoln also loved to eat gingerbread men. Hmm. I I bet he bit their heads off first. He also liked apples. And he would wrap... (laughs) He would would wrap himself, according to his law partner, William Herndon, Lincoln would wrap his thumb and index finger around the midsection of an apple until his fingertips touched, and then he'd start eating it at the bottom. What? (laughs) His law partner said, I never saw an apple thus disposed of by anyone else. I'm going to start eating my apples that way. And Lincoln loved almond cake. And the Almond Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) But he would have to wait some 110 years for their first record. It occurs to me that no man should be tied to a whipping post. Eat a peach? <laughs> I'll eat anything. I'm Abe Lincoln. I love sweets. Oh, I, I had no idea. He would eat. Walk me through this. Why is his law partner so weirded out by the way Lincoln eats apples? He would wrap his thumb and index finger around the midsection until his fingertips touched. How can they touch? And then begin. Was he poking his finger through the core of the apple? What's that? He's Abe Lincoln the Destroyer. <laughs> That's a good way to get shot in a theater eating an apple like that. What are you, a maniac? Did you, why'd you do it? Did you see the way he eats apples? I'm going to emancipate this apple. I don't even know what that means. 
Let's beat the hell out of this thing. Rail splitter? You should see what I do to apples. Look at this. He would wrap his thumb and index finger around the midsection of the apple until his fingertips oh, touched. Okay, so he okay, so he wrapped it all the way around the so, apple. So he's got big hands. He's got big hands. And then he's or eating tiny apples. But then he starts from the bottom. What's that about? Oh. Like you gotta have if his fingertips are touching, either They're those touch. are tiny apples. They gotta be tiny apples. Or Abe Lincoln could palm an NBA ball. I mean, that's do that to the okay side. Look at how big your the hole is in your thumb. That's not a very big apple. Those are tiny apples. How do you like them apples, Abe? Apples agree with me. Kind of freaks out my law part. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie. I eat the apple thusly, and it freaks everybody in Springfield out. Can you imagine you have a bakery there in D.C., and the President of the United States just comes walking in. You got any almond cakes for me? I'll take an apple if you got it. Hell, I'll take anything. I'm honest, Abe. And I got a sweet tooth. Oh, I have nothing on me right now, but I'll <laughs> pay for it uh, tomorrow. I got a $5 bill and a penny. I... Remind you of anybody? <laughs> now give me some candy. Put it in my top hat. I I got a sweet tooth, I tell you. I'm Abe Lincoln, and I love sugar, damn it! Oh, you old corn dodger. <laughs> I, you got any corn dodgers back there? Don't lie to me, I'm honest, Abe! You sons of bitches, where's my candy? Well, just because you're... you're just because you're honest something doesn't mean you get to accuse everyone else. Of you're all liars! <laughs> all of you! Now where's my almond cake? That doesn't mean you're the only honest person. I'm the only man in town that tells the truth. Grabs the baker by the by the shirt sleeves. Just starts shaking. Where are you keeping the almond cake? So help me God, I'll kill you with these hands. And then I'll eat an apple like this, thusly. Uh-huh. Yeah, that doesn't make everyone else dishonest. They found out he was shot at the theater, and they were all like, finally. Oh. Finally, this reign of terror is over. This guy, he kicking the door and just shake us down for corn dodgers and sugar apples. For treats. (laughs) And then just guzzle a gallon of maple syrup. Put that syrup in my top hat! You (laughs) son of a bitch! Jeez, Abe, relax. Oh, Lord. I get cranky when I don't get my sugar sweets. We know. I'm having an episode. We know. I cannot tell a lie. Well, that's that's, uh, that's not even president. that's not even your story. You think I don't know that? <laughs> I'm the one who told you that. Now give me some almond cakes. And so help me God, if any one of you knuckleheads thinks you're gonna take any hair off of my me, you'll pry it off my cold dead body. Now give me a laffy taffy. I like reading the jokes on the rappers. I don't know why Abe Lincoln is Yosemite Sam. <laughs> no, no, you're turning in. No, you're turning into what's the call it? What's the guy's name? Cornelius Klondike. <laughs> <laughs> why weren't you in elf practice? I'm on the stream. Bumble's bounce. Yeah, it's all. It's all. 
it's too much. Something of a sweet tooth. Well, he's our nation's greatest president. He preserved the union, mm-hmm. and he loved corn dodgers. And that was Today <laughs> in History. Number three. 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 Story of a woman finding out that her husband was cheating on her by looking at the wedding section of the New York Times. Are you familiar with the phrase, this is not the way that the the people like you or I talk, but this is part of the story. Are you familiar with the phrase, meet cute? No. You know what that means? No. Meet cute is the story of how you, I think, I think I have this right. Like how you meet someone and then you end up dating them. It's like, what's your meet cute? That's that's how people talk. what, What sort of act do you put on? No, I think it's like like where if you were to tell the story of the night you met Rhonda, uh-huh. that would be your meet cute. I've never heard that. I I don't I don't quite understand. So it's not an act you're putting on. No, I'm gonna be. I want to meet someone tonight, so I'm gonna act super cute. Look at how cute I'm being. I don't. I've t- Who I've, wants to meet me? I'm gonna make this face. I don't think. I'm typically. I'm gonna do this with my eyes. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I have to look up the definition. <laughs> I t- you don't typically act that way. No, it's more of like a... How did you meet? It's more of a, a device for romantic comedies and, and like a TV well, show. Okay, so if someone's pitching something, a romantic comedy, the producers are going to want to know what's the meet cute. In film or television, it's an amusing or charming first encounter between two characters that leads to the development of a romantic relationship between them. Okay. Right? They have an amusing or charming first encounter that leads to the development of a romantic relationship. You have a... When you meet the person you're with, something interesting happens in that first encounter. Our first encounter... Yeah. ...included her giving me a phone number that wasn't hers. And somehow, somehow, I don't know if it was the look on her face mm-hmm. or what it was. You knew it was a phony it's number. It's like, this isn't your phone number, is it? Mm. Yeah. I called her on it, and I was right. So that is kind of a meet cute, That's, I think. That would be our meet cute. There you go. Nikita Moreno saw her ex-husband in the New York Times' wedding section, and she realized as she was looking at the announcement, wait a minute here. She says, according to this New York Times article, the couple, Rob and Lauren, started their relationship in January of 2017. Rob and Laura? Rob and Lauren. Oh, okay. Started their relationship in January 2017. It also said he had never been married, and that was news to me because I was his wife in January of 2017. This is a piece that she wrote for the New York Post. They're not still married. No, that's not how that works, Darren. She says, we split in late March of that year, officially divorcing in January of 2018. So in the New York Times wedding section, it says, this guy who's never been married started dating his new wife in January of 2017, but he wasn't divorced until January of 2018. Now, how would that affect you? If I found out that my wife had been married, uh, if I was divorced and I found out my wife was... In a relationship with a fellow she got married to while we were still married? Yes. I would be mad. Okay. But you're already divorced. 
I mean, you're already done. Well, she says she never understood why they got divorced. Okay, well, now you know. At least now you know. She says, we split in late March of that year, officially divorcing in January 2018, and I never exactly understood why until I read about it in the Times. Well, aren't you glad you know now? Wedding announcement in the New York Times recounts the meeting of Lauren Millian and Robert Palmer. It begins with their meet-cute at a gym. Palmer telling the paper here, she's one of the few women who lifted weights, and she was stunning. It chronicles their courtship and ends with their eventual engagement and wedding at an art museum in Connecticut. In the final quote of the story, he calls wife number two, quote, the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Well, they this is the say most that. meaningful deep connection I've ever had. They always say that. You got to read that, though, if you're, the, if you're wife number one, like, okay. Okay. Wouldn't you have provided some cover? If you never admitted to why you broke up, wouldn't like- it be a lot easier just to provide some cover in that story so that you don't have to deal with it? They got married in a civil ceremony in 2015, and they were in the middle of planning a big wedding for August of 2017. But in March, he called it quits. So you understand, they they were married in a civil ceremony. The plan was... August 2017, we're going to have a big official wedding with all our friends. But in January that year, he meets the love of his life at this gym. And she says in this post story, he was my best friend and my whole life was destroyed. Mm. But I knew something else was wrong. I suspected he cheated on me. Mm -hmm. But when I confronted him about it, he never quite answered me. On the phone, you sound shifty. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Now, he has issued a statement here saying, look, Nikita and I were separated and both consented to a mutual and amicable divorce. This is all very surprising to me, and I was unaware there was ever an issue. I'm happy with my family, and I wish Nikita the best. It's surprising to me. You're the guy out there double dealing. Yep. I'm surprised by all of this. Don't you think they'll get a dog and call it Nikita? (laughs) Well... After his first wife, mm-hmm. who made all this stink in the post about their New York Times now I understand announcement. what would what would upset you more finding out that someone was that he was cheating on you or finding out they've got a dog and they're calling it Nikita. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be good either. Which what I, are you trying to pull here? Yeah, we first of all, okay. So my wife leaves me. Yes. And I find out in the Quad City Times, when I'm reading the article about how much he loves her new husband, I find out that they started dating when we were still very much married. And? And then I see her at some point on, like, I don't know, four-legged friends with her new dog that she calls Dave. Right. Which one would you... Oh, man. What would upset you more? Oh, man. Probably the first one. Yeah, maybe. You know, but the second one's not good either. Uh, there's a whole lot about this that's not great. Why do you gotta call the dog Dave? You know what we do? We just laugh at it all oh, the time. It constantly. We just we just point and laugh at the dog. Yeah. Well. Come here, Dave. <laughs> oh. 
no. Come here, get up here on our laps. Oh, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like when they boss the dog named See, Dave around like that. The one thing is, uh-huh. okay, you say the first thing would upset you more, but yes. that is done. That has happened. Yeah, but that's the kind of emotional betrayal that would just, that's, I would think, bad. linger it, forever. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. But the dog is still an active entity. <laughs> right, but the but the betrayal, I'm part of that betrayal. Like I'm an I'm an I'm a player in yeah, that yeah. and I allowed myself and here's the thing too. If you suspect someone is cheating on you, like if your intuition is that someone is being unfaithful. How often were you wrong? You're always right. Yeah, how often would you be wrong about that? Yeah, the, the flip side of that is if you're if you're somebody who is a faithful person and the person you're with is accusing you constantly of infidelity, that person is cheating on you. Yes, they're projecting. Yes. So both of those things are are more often than not the case. But if if Yeah, if you absolutely know, you know uh-huh. I'm not I'm not doing anything. Right. But they're constantly accusing you of it's it. It's because they're cheating on you. Always. Yeah. Always. And if they are the sort of person who you think might be cheating on you, like, because I don't think cheating people are very clever about it. I don't. Well, think. you would think they would get, no offense, sloppy at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. I almost spit up my water all over the board here. Yeah, no, they. They would eventually yeah, get. They would no. eventually get very. I'm getting away with this. Yeah, yeah. I think people who are capable of of that sort of infidelity or dishonesty, high part of it, is infidelity. They just don't care. I think is part. Well, they, of it. I'm sure they have to get to a point where they don't care. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, eh. But what's this the, woman what's says, the, "What's the worst? What's the worst that's going to happen? I get caught." This woman yeah. says she suspected there was cheating. Uh huh. If you if you think that's going on, and then they name the dung well, after. But that's not part of the story, Darren. That's just you thinking that. Oh, could I guess be. I forgot that that's not that's, part of the story. You, you made that up. That's not real. It's good. It's a nice. It's a nice twist. Well, it's just because the people call dogs Nikita. Who calls their dog Nikita? People. Elton John. End of list. Number four. 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 Look, you and I, Darren, we did plenty of dumb things when we were kids, right? Like, real dumb things. I haven't completely given all that up. You still do dumb things. But not... Not the way... And I know this is gonna this, this segment's gonna come across like old man uh, yelling at, at, at kids to get off his lawn, but the dumb things we would do... First of all, uh, the notion of anyone videotaping no, that what would, we were doing... No, that... That would not have been allowed. No. Right? No, that is rule one. Put I, that away. I, I mean, I came of age when video cameras were something that you might have in your home. And when we were doing really stupid stuff, that was not to be used. We're not taping this. We're not going to have any evidence of our stupidity. No, we 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 taped a few things, mm-hmm. but it was scripted. <laughs> right. 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 But you didn't have the option of, well, I could take this tape and put it on a TV station that the entire world could watch. And that's where we're at now with yeah, with no, kids and, yeah. and these viral challenges that they're doing. Was it last summer there was the Kiki Challenge 
where you were you were dancing outside of a moving car. There was a, a young lady oh, here in town that did it and, and injured her brain in a way where no, I hadn't heard she had to go to Iowa City and, and has memory problems as a result of it. You, you remember the Kiki Challenge? I haven't heard that one. The new challenge, I guess, for kids is something called the Benadryl Challenge. This is something that is trending on TikTok. The Benadryl Challenge. The face you just made leads me to believe you know what the Benadryl Challenge is. It's certainly nothing I ever recorded. No. <laughs> listen, listen, I am not going to tell you as a teenager that I didn't abuse allergy medication. There is a, there is a summer of 1988 that I completely handed over to the good people at ActiFed. I am not proud of it, but that was something that happened. Got away from me. This is a challenge that where where kids are being told, take all the Benadryl you can possibly take until you start to hallucinate, and then film it and put it on TikTok. No. Are you out of your minds? Take as much allergy medication as you need to, and then start hallucinating. Who's telling people to do this? Well, this is a, this is something that started trending on TikTok. I don't know where these ideas come from. I don't know who has the idea. Let's abuse Benadryl to the point of hallucinating. Three kids in Fort Worth, Texas back in May were hospitalized as a result of the Benadryl challenge. And now they're saying there's a 15-year-old girl in Oklahoma City who is dead as a result of doing this. Guess you don't have to worry about getting hives. The challenge is to trip out or hallucinate after taking dozen or more doses of Benadryl. False. No. The director of the Oklahoma Center for Poison and Drug Information, who is quoted here in this story because this is a young girl, 15, a whole life ahead of her dad now in Oklahoma City. Uh, Scott Schaefer is the director of that Oklahoma Center for Poison and Drug Information. He says the dose that can cause a hallucination is very close to the dose that can cause something potentially life-threatening. Large doses of Benadryl can cause seizures and problems with your heart. Your heart goes out of rhythm and stops pumping blood effectively. So uh, you're being urged, if you're a parent, to you know keep an eye on your kid's social media and have a talk with your kids about this Benadryl challenge because that's where we're at right now. No, that's a bad idea. It'd be a better idea to just have a discussion about this than go through what this family in Oklahoma City is going through. Seizures and heart problems, that's no way to drop out and have fun. I'd rather go swimming than follow some jerk around. You know what I'm saying, Uh, Darren? If I could only go swimming. I'll tell you the problem is with these kids today. Their hair is too long and their pants are too tight. Mm. But they're the only kids we got. God bless them. I saw a fellow the other day. I'm getting a little shaggy myself. His hair, his name was, uh, his name was Joe. He looked like a Jill, and he smelled like a John. But God bless the kids; they're the future. Benadryl challenge. So, hallucinating. Also, by the way, not something you want the world to see you do. No, that's not a way to be famous. You get stopped at the store. Are, Are you the kid I saw? Famous? I, I, well, why else would you post this? Why else would you do this challenge and post it on social media? It's not just the. But the, that's not fame. I understand that. I don't think these kids do. 
the whole point of this is the Benadryl challenge is you do it and then you put yourself on TikTok doing it. I mean, we're going to make it together. Right. Right. But like tripping is something you should do. Uh, you shouldn't do. But if you do it, you do it, first of all, with somebody who knows what's what what the deal is. Right. You can just do it on your own. And then videotape it. You want to get stopped at the grocery store? Aren't you the young girl I saw tripping balls on TikTok? Is that what you want? That's no way to be famous. Well, that's not fame. If that's best case scenario, right? That's best case scenario. Have you seen the bit Dana Carvey does in his latest stand-up special? As Turtle Man? No, you'll love it. It's Paul McCartney. Turtle, turtle. Paul McCartney on the phone with the ghost of John Lennon. Explaining to him, like what culture is like uh-huh, in the 40 yeah. years since he's been gone. Yeah. And Paul McCartney's explaining, he's like, well, who are the famous people down there? He's like, oh, there's this girl, Kim Kardashian. Oh, she's very famous. What does she do? Oh, she's got a big bottom. <laughs> John Lennon's like, how does that make her famous? Oh, you know, she's she does sex tapes and everybody walks around with little TV stations uh-huh. and like in the in the pants. Pretty great. Gross and dangerous. Yeah. Don't, uh, obviously don't do this, but also if you have kids, just have a quick conversation about the Benadryl challenge and make sure they know that that's a, a real good way to end up dead. Five. 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 Number five. Hey, could you do it for some good news? I mean, potentially some good news. Okay. This isn't a, a guaranteed. There's a lot of research that needs to be done yet. But with all the doom and gloom, a little bit of good news isn't the worst thing in the world. They say in a, in a study that they did in Australia at the Harry Perkins Institute of Medical Research, right? Mm-hmm. Venom from honeybees has been found to rapidly kill aggressive and hard-to-treat breast cancer cells. Good. Potentially a groundbreaking bit of research being done here. The study found that when the venom from a honeybee's main component was combined with existing chemo drugs, it can reduce tumor growth, at least in mice. Published in the journal Nature Precision Oncology, and yes, we we do subscribe to that. The research was conducted at a Institute of Medical Research there, the uh, Harry Perkins Institute of Medical Research in Perth, Australia. And they say that this discovery could lead to development of a treatment for triple negative breast cancer, which accounts for 10 to 15 percent of all breast cancers. And that is a type of breast cancer for which there are no clinically effective targeted therapies. This is the the breast cancer that they they have nothing that they can do for it, really. The honeybee venom is extremely potent. Dr. Duffy, Dr. Sierra Duffy down there says, we found that the venom from honeybees is remarkably effective in killing some of these really aggressive breast cancer cells at concentrations which aren't as damaging to normal cells. Research shows a specific concentration of the honeybee venom killed 100% of triple negative breast cancer and HER2 enriched breast cancer cells within 60 minutes while having minimal effects on normal cells. So it just goes after the cancer and leaves everything else alone. Isn't it amazing the imagination that it takes to try things? Right. Why would you try that? 
they harvested honeybees from all over the world. And they're saying that the bees from right there in Perth actually are some mm-hmm. of the healthiest in the world. They put these bees to sleep with carbon dioxide, and then they keep them on ice before they extract the venom, and then they inject the venom from honeybees directly into the tumors. There's a component in the venom called melatonin, and that's what's killing the cancer cells. I'd feel better about this if we weren't also living at a time when honeybees are dying off dramatic, right? But if there's a way to maybe, you know, have have honeybees, I mean, if, if they could just kind of pharmaceutically raise them and use their, their venom to, to kill this type of cancer, that's only good news. Again, potentially. They have to do a lot more studies. This doesn't mean they've cured breast cancer. It doesn't mean they've cured this type of breast cancer. It means a lot more study needs to be done. But... At least, at least at the but beginning. Still, at least at the beginning, what they're saying here—the wherewithal—yeah, to even come up with this idea. I know. Have we tried honeybee venom? What's that? Okay. Yeah, go. we could do that. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. Well, I had fun and learned a lot too. That was the top five things. A lot of history. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea Abe Lincoln was such a maniac. Oh, yeah. Oh, that old corn dodger. (laughs) The podcast was brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Nature's Treatment of Illinois' goal is to fully understand their clients' needs physically, mentally, and emotionally because they know it's not easy to live with a chronic illness. Their experienced wellness consultants will sit down with you and discuss what options might work best to make you feel more comfortable. Frequently asked questions are answered at the website, and that would be ntillinois.com. Till we get a chance to do it for you again, hang loose, kooks. You stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Davin board, yeah, we keep it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Well, it was fun. I'm going to go take a nap now, and then I think I'm going to call some hospitals.